Greetings, my friends, and welcome to a special Minute with Mark. I'm on with Auntie Anne, the famous owner of the perfect pretzel. She's actually not, she's not a mythical person like Aunt Jemima. She's a real person, Auntie Anne Byler, and her husband Jonas in 1988 were selling pizzas, wasn't it? Pizzas and calzones and this and that, and you had some pretzels on the side. Was that how it was, Auntie? And, and your husband came over and he added some magical fairy dust and sprinkles. What any little secret? Right. What did he do? He added something. Because oh, oh, Mark, I can't. I can't tell you. You can't what he tell did us that. Added, I'm trying to. I'm trying to give. I, I try to give my <laughs> my listeners the inside secrets. Okay, that's proprietary. I, know, I, know. That, I, I mean. Oh, they'd love that. They'd love that. They'd love that. So she has a chain. Um, Now, they sold it privately in what year again? Oh, five. Oh, five. And for an undisclosed amount to her nephew, correct? Cousin. To her cousin. Yeah, and and then the cousin went on, and she and you still go to the stores because you love people and it's a very relational, purpose-driven business. And all of a sudden, it went from two hundred and fifty in gross annual revenue to now it's about a well, I'm not going to reveal it, but when you sold it, it was around a half a million in annual sales, correct? Yeah, or, you know, it's I'm approximate. A, I'm people, and, num- and numbers get a little fuzzy for me. Yeah, but really, <laughs> I think I think the granddaddy, and I'm so honored to have you here. I think the granddaddy of this whole show was after the sale. She's from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which I've been to many times. I have some friends out there, and the names of those streets and are fascinating. <laughs> if you've ever been out there, there's all sorts of curious names. <laughs> Um, I'll leave that for Google searching if anyone's interested. But all of a sudden, she, yeah, she builds it. This is PG. This is PG. So all of a sudden, she builds a fifty-five thousand square foot. Here we go. I'm going to forget something. It's a family counseling center because her husband um, just has a brilliant, God-given gift for counseling. There is child care. This is smack dab in Lancaster County because she has a heart for where she grew up. And she grew up in Lancaster Amish and made a very difficult decision to not be Amish, but really retain the honor. And and Auntie, I will tell you one of the biggest things I've learned from you, and I've shared it with dozens and dozens of people already. When you said you thought life, you know, growing up, you thought life was good. And you enjoyed it, but God was very hard, and God was very severe. And uh, yeah. through your story, and we're going to talk some stuff today, um, you said, now it's flipped for me, and life can be very severe and hard, but God is very good. And 
I've <laughs> shared it with my kids. I mean, I, I kind of hover and synthesize that. But what a quote. What a did you hear that or make that up? You know what? Somebody told me that, gave me that quote back in about two thousand and eight. And that quote, Mark, really uh, helped me understand life. Uh, kind of like up until that time, until I heard that quote, I grew up in, in church, and so I, I I learned a lot about God and had my own opinion about you know my theology and but life's experiences have really caused me to you know just question a lot of things that I that I knew. But when I heard this quote from a friend, she said, "I have no idea uh, where this quote comes from, but I'm telling you, life is hard, God is good." Don't confuse the two. Oh. And wow, when I heard that, Mark, it it's absolutely it's it, it, it did something in my heart that helped me clarify my experience with God, and that was that wow, life is hard. I know that from my own experience, and God is good. I know that from my own experience, and I no longer confuse the two. Uh-huh. And if you stay confused about the fact that God is harsh, He's mean. I don't understand God. Why does God do this and do that? Now, you know, you you really stay in a state of confusion. But if you understand that life is hard, and that God is good, and you're not confused about that, it it that line gives me peace every single time I say it to myself or to anyone. It gives me peace. Well, you grew up. Amish, and they're known for the the fear of God, and there's so much value in the fear of God. It's clean. It's like a fire, you know. A fire inside a fire is warms things, cooks yeah. things. It's beautiful. You get a fire outside of its boundaries. It's a scary thing. So the fear of God in Greek is phobia. It's the same word as arachnophobia. It's a terror. It's a terror of spiders, yeah. right? Um, homophobia right. is a terror of homosexuals. Um, all sorts of yeah. phobias are, you know, it's terror. And it's, you got, yeah. the Amish are kind of brought cousins with the Quakers. And the idea of Quakers is that they quake and tremble with fear at the thought of yeah. God. So you grew up with yeah. that. I mean, my gosh, so to make that transition is so powerful and then to honor it is incredible okay so here let's move on i have a timer and i have it at it's about at 25 minutes and we're out of here so everybody this is a treat it's not every day i get a somebody that's this cool <laughs> auntie and this is our our pre-conversation geez i feel like you're my aunt literally i get why everyone calls you auntie i just said that by accident like that's how you are um, and it's just, it's amazing. So let me get my timer on. We're at, so I have four questions and here we go. And I don't know the answer. So the first one is, and it's a lot about Proverbs. You guys know I'm a Solomon kind of, my vision is, you know, we have the Solomon foundation, the 5013C that's getting formed. And, uh, my dream is to build a facility very similar. I don't know if it's 55,000, but it's going to have a gym wellness center counseling, and uh, I didn't mention Auntie Anne's facility um, has a cafe, church, library. It's got, uh, I'm sure I'm missing things, but it's got 
gracious pricing, okay? It's not uh, Rodeo Drive. It's quite quite gracious pricing. So it's amazing. But here's my question. There's a verse, and this is all Proverbs stuff. The wicked flee when no one pursues. So they're edgy. They're nervous. They're gone. You know, they're, they're edgy. But the righteous are bold as lions, meaning they're brave, they're courageous. Now, here's my question. You, you speak, you know, after you sold your business, maybe during, you speak for Walmart executives, you speak for Chick-fil-A, you speak at Duke, you spoke at Duke. I mean, Duke is a very, uh, it's, it's actually a religious, technically a religious school, but it's very brilliant and very, there's a lot of worldviews there. And you're very openly ortho, orthodox Christian, um, very biblical, very sound. You're a woman in kind of a man, manish culture, corporate environment. Um, Mr. Wonderful yeah. from Shark Tank, on a side note, everybody, I was just talking with Andy Broadway, who's connected to like everybody in the world for 10 years. He was Tony Robbins' personal creative consultant. After every event, he, you know, told Tony how they could be better. So um, he's an amazing man. But he was saying that Mr. Wonderful said of all the Shark Tank deals, the ones that work the best, just by and large, he was just telling his story. By and large, the ones that work the best are women. Those, those are the deals that work best. And he said, the men, and here's the thing regarding goals, the men tend to dream enormous world takeover dominance, alpha male, you know, grin, you know, King Kong stuff. But the women tend to be realistic. Their goals are, we want to increase growth by 10% this quarter, 5%, we'll take it, but 10 would be great. And he said, those are the deals that work out best by far. Isn't that interesting? So here's my question. The wicked flee when no one pursues. The righteous are bold as a line. You've spoken for Walmart, Chick-fil-A, Duke. You're very brave. You're bold. I'm interested in, is that courage for you? Is that a challenge? Are you just being brave? Are you fighting through fear to be a witness or something? Or are you just doing what you do and you're not worried about it? just a housewife I think raising kids to, okay. you know I think that's a powerful thing I'm just putting it out there because my okay. wife's I know. you know but let, I, 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 but anyway yes. now you I, it's unbelievable I had no idea wow okay so yeah. then you so, go corporate you're doing what you do and so in then, the early days what was yeah. it like I did. Most people I met were 
you know, strategic planners, they were financial consultants, they were franchisee consultants. Everybody I met knew more than I did. So the intimidation factor uh, almost swallowed me early on in my in my NTN career. But I can tell you that the thing that really um, kept me on the path was number one, my faith in God, and my faith in God always took me to the book of Proverbs. And the book of Proverbs became my go-to for wisdom book. And I, I truly believe there's, there's not a question that you have or that I, I can speak out of my experience. There was not a question that I had about life, about business, uh, that any obstacle that I may have faced early on, and I've faced many of them. But the book of Proverbs was my go-to book, and I found great wisdom. And over time, my intimidation, my fear, my uncertainty about, you know, what am I doing in this, this corporate world? I don't feel like I belong here. But you know what, Mark? That, that's where God took me. And I knew that if he took me there into that world, then he would eventually equip me to become a businesswoman. And so that, that's how I walked uh, my early days of um, Auntie Anne's was simply relying on God's plan for uh, Auntie Anne. And there's a, there's a verse in Proverbs 16, verse 1. You know, we can make our plans, but the final outcome of our lives, of our plans, is in God's hands. I learned early on, Mark, that I can plan, um, <laughs> uh, you know, do lots of planning. real quick so in hebrew and in yes. greek jesus mainly mainly preached and spoke from the greek version of the old testament so he didn't speak yes. hebrew he mainly spoke greek conversational koine greek common greek and commit means to roll out like a carpet so we've got these wow, dreams yeah. kind of bound up in our heart and they're you know they're kind of private and we're scared yes. we're scared but it literally means roll it out in the sunshine like it's wet imagine it's a wet carpet you roll it out in front of the light of god and that's what you do you commit and then uh-huh. success happens all right time's oh, flying and i got my next question here i interrupted but it is let's go number two and this answer is so huge because it keeps the recurring thing in these last few podcasts is that 
the parental upbringing just imprints so deep into our lives. Oh, it's absolutely. just insane. So I, I had such a fun time planning this podcast with you. I have to tell you that it's sick. But number two, my question, I don't know the answer deliberately. I said, Auntie, I'm not going to, I don't want to know the answer because then it kind of ruins the show. Idle hands are the devil's workshop. You said your parents said it over and over and over and over. And, and just for everybody's, everybody's insight here, um, saturation education is the only way to go. I got that term from Mike Murdoch. He's a prosperity preacher. He is what he is, but he's got a lot of wisdom in Proverbs, I'll tell you that. But he says saturation yeah. education is the only way to go. And if you have heard something and it's not working, you don't know it. You think you know it, but you don't know it. And you need to saturate yeah. until you know it. And so you were yeah. telling me that Idle Hands are the Devil's Workshop. You grew up with that. And I don't think that's actually a Bible verse. I think that's just kind of a quip. I think that's a... No, no, it is a Bible verse. Okay, okay. It, I'm, it I, is a Bible verse. Okay, you think... It's, it's Mark, Mark. I don't know. Proverbs but... 16, verse, verse 27. Idle it's hands there. are the devil's workshop? <laughs> okay. Idle hands... I don't the know the Bible. Workshop. What do I know? This is in the Living Bible. Okay. And you know what, Mark? Oh, okay, the living. You know what? Yeah. The living is... Uh, I'm always studying, like... You know, I'm a dork, so I'm studying originals, all, languages all the time and interpretation. So, okay, it's in there. Okay. Lazy, but it's anyway. So, <laughs> idle hands are the devil's workshop, and your parents said it all the time. And then lazy, <laughs> the lazy will be put to forced labor. Now, here's, here's the thing. You were telling me that your parents' idleness, and especially being Amish, wasn't permitted you know, it was like a sun up to sundown. Sunday maybe was yeah, right. uh, relaxed. But here's my question. Um, when you were in the deal building, uh, you're busy now. You're, I mean, you're flying to my event at a week's notice. And I think the next night you're, or the day after you're flying, I don't know, you're speaking all over the place. You're busy. But, you know, you're not frantic. It's just, you got a really cool way about you. But my question is, when you were in the deal and you're in the deep, you know, what did the hours look like? Because I know you had a child, I believe. So what did the hours look like? Was it, you know, 10 to 4, 10 to 5? What, what did the hours look like when you were deep? Because idle hands, not your game, and you weren't allowed to be it as a child. And I'm the same way. I'm just now in the last few years. Three years ago on my resolutions for New Year's, I put watch more TV because as a kid, my parents are Monday through Monday, Monday through t ever, Monday never stopped. And they never stop yeah. working. They have properties. They, they're prosperous. They have loaned me money, ridiculous amounts of money and high risk. I mean, it was crazy. But if I sat down, I was like, ooh, I'm not going to sit down. Because if we sat down, it was to sleep, to get energy, to wait, <laughs> to go work. You know, so it was just crazy. And it sounds like you were very similar. But my my direct question is, in the grind, when you were building, what what did your day look like 
in terms of hours and in terms of effort. Wow. Well, it was all consuming. And, you know, there's a lot of people that go out and, and whenever I do speak, there's always people that come to me and say, oh, someday I want to own my own business. No, you do. do you? And I always say to them, uh, does, do you, you really do? I mean, do you understand that when you own your own business, you actually work 16 hours a day to avoid working eight hours a day for someone else? I mean, mm -hmm. Like when you own your own business, it is nonstop. You dream it, you sleep it, you eat it, you talk it, you, it, it consumes your life. And so that was the way I, uh, that's the way I built in the end, was nonstop. And so an entrepreneur, it, it sounds, it's kind of a cool word, you know, it's kind of like. Yeah, it's really hip right now. And it's mainstream now. So like. Fast Company is like Growing Stone and there's Shark Tank on TV and movies about Steve Jobs. It's really kind of cool. So there's like fantasy entrepreneurship now where people watch Shark Tank and now they're business professionals and they tell me how to do things in business and it's great. <laughs> it's mainstream. Well, yeah, yeah, but it wasn't, there was, there was nothing fantasy, there was no fantasy involved in my entrepreneurship here, let me tell you. <laughs> And not and once, everybody, not once, I'm sorry. they won't do it just one time because everybody has a burst. Oh, no. You know, everybody can have that burst no. where they write the chap the first chapter of their book, you know. But then no. the entrepreneur just does that crap every day. <laughs> it's, it's, a hard, it's, 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 a, it's a hard way to make a living, but there's also a lot of excitement. Uh, and a lot of, uh, un there's so many unknowns, yeah. you know, when you first get into being an entrepreneur. So what but were the hours, though? What were the life. hours? We, we got, I got nine minutes left, oh, and I want the last question to be, I know, is this ridiculous? Oh. How This is flying. It's going too fast, but you get to speak. Hey, everybody, well, invisibleempirelive.com has this, the business story and some of the, we haven't even shared Oh my gosh, we haven't shared your emotional story at all. It's a little bit shared on CNBC, did a special on you, because you're everywhere. And it's called How I Made My Millions, I think. We have an eight-minute version of it at InvisibleEmpireLive.com. And you can see her story. You can also see Sherry's Berries. You can read about Vince Reed. He's speaking... And AC Green, the Laker legend, it's all at InvisibleEmpire.com. Usually a live stream like that's 200 plus, this live stream, because I just want everybody. I want your wife, I want your kids, I want your, I want your uncle, I want your grandma, I want children. I want everyone to watch this thing. We The live streams are coming in endlessly. The ringers, I mean, just every, people are buying this thing like crazy. It's $37 single tuition one time, and you get the recording. So you get to hear her, and she's going to tell her 30-minute story, which is just, ugh. And she's going to talk for an hour straight on the power of purpose. And uh, if you come live, you get her book. But here's the end. Let's get to the end. Auntie Annie, 
sure. you're everywhere and uh you speak at churches you speak you know at events like mine with a week notice <laughs> you know you're amazing um <laughs> you're a family your person you still go to your locations that you don't even own just to hang out with your customers and meet them i mean you're just an amazing person so my question it my my question is if there's a church retreat or there's a corporate event and they want you to speak, where do they go? Yeah. Where do they go to okay. find out about how to contact you, your books, all of it? What? How does it happen? Where do they go? Well, if you want to, the, the quick version is Google uh, Auntie Anne and you'll, you'll get a lot of information, but uh, you can go to my website, and it's uh, AuntieAnnBiler.com. Let me spell Biler. Let me spell Biler real and quick. Biler B-E, like... Biler is... So I'll spell it out. Biler is B- okay. B-I-L-E-R. AuntieAnnBiler. B-E-I-L-E-R.com. So that's B is in boy, E is in everlasting, I is in iris, L is in lover, E is in everlasting, R is in rockin'. Dot com that's, and that's correct. and she everything the speaking the retreats yeah whatever and she's dynamic she's so dynamic I'm so thrilled you're coming we have just a few minutes and I just want to edify you real quick I want to just share you know we've spent gosh what have we spent here on this phone a long time you've been you've been gracious you've been kind uh my wife and i have watched your story my whole team has watched your story the land the the cnbc is incredible they do such a professional job well it's cnbc cnbc is all business you know what else is going on what what's some projects coming up oh here's a good question let's end with this i got five minutes i want to i want to Juice every ounce of this orange on Henty. Um, I have been asking guests this, and I really like it. Your happy place, where you're, you're just content, and it can be you're kicking back, looking at a sunset, you know, holding your husband's hand. Uh-huh. I don't. However, it is, it's fine with me. You deserve that. Um, it can be holding your daughter. It can, however, whatever it is for you, but. When are you in that zone where you're like, wow, this is great. I'm happy. Is it getting a massage? Is it swimming? I mean, golfing? What What is your happy place? What's your What's your pleasure yeah, I, zone there? Well, there's a couple places that are my happy place. I'm a, I'm a family. I love my family, my daughters and my four grandchildren. And so when I'm with them or I'm able to be with them, I, I'm I'm in a in a in a in a mode that just that lifts me up. So I love my family. And then uh, there's another uh, part of my life, Mark, that really changed in the last couple of years when we sold the company and uh, we downsized and we sold everything that we owned actually, and we went on this journey of uh, surrender. We call it our journey of surrender. I remember and, uh, watching so, that. Oh, I, that was great. I took 
What did you do? What did you do? I remember you, didn't you go three, like motorcycling and. Well, at least I, you know, when we, yes, yeah, so we actually moved at that time. We moved from Pennsylvania to Texas, but my, my, and I do love to, to do motorcycle. I have my own Harley, and I've done that for <laughs> five years now. So you would have your own Harley. The Amish girl who drives a, the Amish girl who drives a Harley. I want that to be a title of your book or something. There you go. That's it. So meditation's hot. You know, it's it's going to be yeah. the it's the new yoga, it's the new Pilates, it's the new. I think it'll last. It's it's right. You know, in the Bible, Psalm one says, "Meditate on the law, the Torah." Yeah. That's the first five books of the Bible. And Jesus would go out and pray before the day started, and. You know, I have a feeling he was in a good place there. I'm not, I don't know, but I'm guessing that was a good place for him. And so your meditation practice, this is curious. And, you know, if you're not meditate, but what it means and it says in everything, you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Those are always taller and they preserve, you know, and it's funny. Does the tr- does the land need the tree, or the tree need the land? Without the tree, the river bank erodes and the river goes away. But without the land, the tree can't exist. It's a totally perfect symbiotic relationship. I got two minutes, so we're we're dying here. But this is exciting. So whatever your meditation practice is, just kind of adapt what what you're about to hear. But it literally means mutter. And so in the Bible, it means mutter and repeat. So it's a saturation education again, you know, so it's repeating the laws. It's meditating that if I, you know, you meditate on the fact that if you meditate, you'll prosper and everything you touch will prosper. I mean, that's what it says. If you're crazy enough to believe it, I've believed it. and Stranger things have happened. So I'm at a minute your private practice, do you have some tricks? Do you start with adoration and then ask for forgiveness? And then, you know, like there's these little Christian ways of doing it. I don't know about them, but they're weird. Some are weird to me. Well, but what's yours? You know, that's, I think that God created all this differently. And, you know, I don't have like a pattern. I'm pretty uh, sporadic. Like I'm, I can be, uh, you know, kind of impulsive. And um, so I have, about four or five devotional books in my Bible. I uh, occasionally I'll bring a new book in and I, I read uh, from it. But I I love I love uh, just a good quiet music in the background for the whole time. Yeah. And I love to meditate, to stop and think. Yeah. And think about God and what He's for me. And then of course I do some worrying. I do some of that. Yeah. <laughs> and then I bring my tears. Then I bring my tears to Him and I try to leave them there. Um, so it's a, it's a lifelong journey for me to, uh, to this meditation thing. I, I so enjoy it. I love the peace that I feel when I'm in that spot. So and that's may I ask, 
What, what's your playlist? People, people, we, I, everybody. I like, like sometimes I've had some of my best moments having Dave Matthews in the background, like having non-Christian, or I like Vivaldi back there. I like, I like non-words a lot of times. Um, yeah, same here. Who, same here. Who's your go-to playlist? Just, this is food for thought, you know, you guys just take it and whatever. Oh, Natalie I, Grant. Um, you know, I never heard her, and I, I went to a Christian station. I don't really listen to much Christian music, but I went to a Christian station and heard her song, Held, you know, when a mother's yeah, praying yeah. for her child and then and the child dies. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And Natalie yeah. Grant is out just, of this world. Who else? Who else is going to go to? Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for Amy Grant. It's so funny. I listen to Amy Grant, El Shaddai. That song is so yeah, powerful, yeah. and she has so many versions of it. And when Shannon and I got married, yeah. she had an album. It was like Christmas classics or something. We'd wake up to it every morning. There was a train. We were right next to a train. And every morning we'd wake up to... Amy Grant and I'll pop it in once in a while and we just smirk and laugh and um okay I'm over the five minutes I just I paused the stopper okay. because this was so great Auntie Anne what an honor I can't wait to hear you live um you're Hello. really you're a really exceptional person it's an honor and a blessing so we'll see you in well, a few days in a few, in a few days right yeah yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. Okay. Much Thanks love. Well. Yeah. Rock care. and roll. That's Auntie Anne, everybody. Lots of details. What a podcast. What a woman. See you guys. I love you guys. Bye now.